Welcome to Tuesday afternoon here on Columbo and Katie on 101.9 and 94.1 News Talk STL. Let's check the temperature. 63 degrees. I tried to go outside just to walk around and get some sunshine. It feels good, but it's still chilly. Feels good. It does feel good, yeah. but it's still chilly. And this is what I wanted to wear, this little blanket. I thought I would go outside, wear this little blanket, yeah. hang out. Still too chilly for I think me. it's supposed to be even warmer tomorrow. Yeah. Hope it, I think in the 70s at some point. Not tomorrow, but sometime next week. I hope people get a chance to get out and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Maybe at least drive home from work with your window down or something. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to do that today. Right? For sure. All right. Got a lot to talk about today. We'll be joined by Crane Durham from nothingbuttruth.com in about 15 minutes. And I uh, am willing to admit that uh, I am not up to speed on one of the big stories of the day. So, Katie, I was hoping that you could uh, yeah. uh, give us an update. The, the top of the hour news, it's national news, what's happening um, in Ferguson. So can you mm-hmm. give us the update, please? A family killed in a house fire early Monday morning in Ferguson have been identified as a longtime teacher in the area and her four children. This is such a tragic story. Fire officials said a neighbor called 911 at 430 on Monday morning when they spotted the fire at a home on 500 block of North Clay Avenue in Ferguson. So, Tony, kind of your stomping grounds, Florissant Ferguson area. A spokesperson with the St. Louis County Police Department said five people and three dogs were found dead inside the home. The woman's father identified the victims as Birdie Prusner and her four children, two-year-old, six-year-old, nine-year-old, and uh, two, excuse me, two twins that were nine years old. It's kind of crazy because the development is police are investigating suspicious activity that led to the fire. Mm. Firefighters were called to the home and what they discovered, and they're not giving detail yet about what they discovered, but uh, the sergeant said evidence located on the property in an email made the cause of the fire look suspicious. So... That's what's going on right now. That's the latest. It's horrible. It's tragic. Again, we have the identifications of the people found in the fire. We do not know the motive. We don't know the evidence that's leading up to that. Gotcha. Well, thank you uh, for that update. And we'll obviously keep an eye on this story. Super sad. As you mentioned, you know, I am born and raised in the Florissant Hazelwood area until... A year and a half ago, when we moved to St. Peter's, my whole life was in North County. And Ferguson, and I talked a lot about this after, you know, the Michael Brown situation. Ferguson was a town, we've had James Knowles, the former mayor of Ferguson, on the show dozens of times uh, since we started this this show a a couple years ago. that community was really making a comeback. Like a lot of people, a lot of times around the the country, around the world, when a when a city starts to decline, mm-hmm. it's very rare that it makes a comeback. And Ferguson was making a comeback. I mean, they had they had new businesses, a little this this little strip area, um, 
in in the heart of Ferguson that had businesses and restaurants and all this cool stuff. And they've a lot of that has still progressed amazingly through all the strife that that community has gone through. But yeah, I mean, it's just sad to see because that they they really have worked at hard. Yeah. 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 At, at making a better situation in in Ferguson and in other places in North County. They and, said this was a very shocking case. It was in the <coughs> suburbs of Ferguson and a, a the neighbors or the people that reported the fire, they didn't hear any smoke alarms. The officers that showed up, the firemen that showed up, so they tried to kick through the door, but there was so much smoke already, they couldn't even get into the house. That's a nightmare. Nightmare. Uh, well, thank you for that update, and we will continue to keep an eye on that story, and if there are any new developments, we will let you know. As I mentioned, we will talk to Crane Durham here in a few minutes. We have been doing the weekly uh, game with Crane where we ask him about his percentage in his brain, uh, percentage chance each week that Joe Biden will make it to the November ballot mm-hmm. as the Democrat nominee. Um, and whether or not Trump will make it. Obviously, for much different reasons, Trump, because of legal reasons, and Biden, because of mental <laughs> capabilities. Mm-hmm. So we will definitely get Crane's thoughts on this as well, but I wanted to start with this one. Add Joe Rogan to the list of people that don't think that Joe Biden will be the Democrat on the ballot in November. Joe Rogan said this week on his podcast that he thinks the Democratic Party is preparing to swap out President Biden with California Governor Gavin Newsom on the 2024 presidential ticket. He was talking to a guest on his show this week, Chris Williamson. You are you you like Joe Rogan, right? I do like Joe Rogan. Did you did you see this episode? Do I you didn't. Know, do you know who Chris Williamson is? No, I didn't. I have no idea, and I apparently, didn't see this episode at all. Apparently, he's well. I think it's the latest one, so oh, it's okay. brand new. Okay. Um, former reality TV star, Love Island. Why the hell would we care about what he thinks? I don't know. I think he maybe. Not, he's a, I mean, no offense to him, but maybe like, he's a big deal in like England or something. Uh, <laughs> and, and he's, I guess, he's a podcaster too. Anyway, Chris Williamson was Joe Rogan's guest this week. And he said Williamson was talking about Robert's her Robert Hur's recent report about Biden. And Williamson said, quote, basically, you can't prosecute this guy because he's non compos meritus. Big words by Chris Williamson. Uh, but you could let him run for president of the United States in November. So that's the world that we've managed to get ourselves into. <laughs> Rogan responded by saying, quote, don't you think that's a ruse, him running for president? I think they're going to get rid of him. I think they're going to move him out. They're going to force him to step down. That's what I think. If I had to guess, and it's just speculation, I'd say they're setting up Gavin Newsom to take his place. Rogan said that he thought this because more and more of Biden's controversies are gaining traction and being talked about in the media instead of people protecting the president like they were doing the first part of his presidency now. And I have more stories. I have multiple stories today that I read about Democrats just letting it fly. Mm -hmm. 
which so Joe's right on the money. Mm-hmm. Like even the Democrat media and politicians are no longer protecting Biden. They're just openly talking about his his age, his mental challenge and his legal and, and all the gross legal stuff mm-hmm. with Hunter and other controversies that he had so, that he's had. So he said uh, again that he thought this because more and more of Biden's controversies are gaining traction, ranging from the debate over Biden's mental acuity to alleged involvement with Burisma to having the well-paid honorary title of Benjamin Franklin presidential practice professor at the University of mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. I'm glad that Joe brought that up. I'm going to get back to that thing in a second. But to finish this up, Rogan uh, also bashed people in the administration and the media that are still trying to tell voters that there's nothing wrong with the president and that Joe's all good. He said, quote, we've seen some wild gaslighting. I'm like, this is so crazy. You're talking about a guy who can't speak. We all know you're doing this. You're gaslighting. A rational person who is a left progressive person would say, we have to figure this out. This is bad. This is bad. You can't just pretend it's good. The other side sees how bad it is. The world sees how bad it is. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Joe Rogan, add him to the list. And Joe Rogan is not, I mean, he's definitely gotten more political over the last couple of years. You've talked about this a yeah. lot. He was, I mean, he was a Bernie Sanders guy. Mm-hmm. He's been red-pilled for sure. Yeah, but he's still not like, and he and he mentioned this in this in this interview too. He's still not like the most politically engaged person. No. So if somebody like Joe Rogan, who is not nearly as into politics and watching politics and reporting on politics as we are or other people in the media are, if if it's obvious to him, mm-hmm. and he was kind of making that point too, like if it's obvious to me that they are setting the seeds, planting the seeds to move Joe Biden out and put Gavin Newsom is in, then it's pretty obvious because I don't do this. You know, I don't I don't watch politics every day. It's such an interesting thing to hear. I mean, like you said, Joe Rogan's been talking about politics now, I think since Trump, because Trump was just such an enigma. Nobody could figure out. Nobody could figure that out, that White House out. Um, But it's interesting how much politics not news but politics has become part of the entertainment world Mm -hmm. you hear names like chris williamson you and i are both (laughs) like who is this person why does he get on rogan's podcast who are you and why do we care i can go on rogan's podcast if that guy can but they're sitting here talking about the day-to-day life of what the administration looks like what the white house looks like how is the election going to turn out And I think that that's what's so appealing to this conversation is because you're right. Rogan isn't this political wonk. He's not a savant that knows the ins and outs of every single congressman or senator or just what's going on in the legal system. But he is the voice for the average person that is dipping their toe in politics. Again, not news, politics. Mm Mm-hmm. And observing the world around them and saying, what is actually going on? If this is correct, if Biden does not, if Gavin Newsom takes over, I still am not buying it. But if that happens, Ken Williams needs to put his hand on a crystal ball and tell (laughs) us what the future holds 
for News Talk STL and beyond. Because when he said this he last was early. year. He was early. I had never heard even a yeah. national political pundit say something like that. Not even Dan Bongino. He was one of the very first. And I looked at Ken and I said, you're out of your mind. Mm-hmm. No way. And now you Ken and I have been arguing about that for more. a year off yes. the air. Yes. We've been having this debate off the air for literally over a year. Again, I'm not fully there. I don't even know if I'm halfway there to thinking that Biden's going to be off the ticket. I don't think I'm there. Right. But the idea that we're that people that are smart, not necessarily Joe Rogan, but people that follow this very heavily even have a twinkle in their eye that it's not going to be Biden and it's going to be someone else. That gives me pause. Yeah. But I would rather it be Biden. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd rather it be Biden. Absolutely, yeah, you, you yeah. As it, Ken and Vic even say all the time, like "Go Joe!" Like even yeah. though Ken is the one who it, very early on said that it um, that he didn't think that Joe Biden was going to make it and be on the ballot in November. Um, I, I, I don't want to speak for him or Vic, but I think they both would rather face Joe Biden than anybody else. Mm. And I'm with you. I'm 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 100 percent there. When you're making the case of why Joe Biden shouldn't be on the ballot. I agree. I'm a thousand percent there. I just still to this day don't see the viable option. You have to put somebody in that spot. And I don't think Gavin Newsom is a better candidate in a national election than Joe Biden. I mean, that's that says Something about Gavin Newsom. I mean, that is that is Andrew that is Biden. that is yeah. That is not that is not praise for uh, uh, Gavin Newsom at all. I mean, if you but I still think that Joe Biden has a better chance of winning a national election than Gavin Newsom does. I think he has a better chance of winning a national election than Kamala Harris does. If if the Michelle Obama rumors are true, then maybe that's maybe that's their way out. But that's the only that's my only pause with getting on board with this idea of there's Ken right there. There's Ken smirking. I wonder how much he's heard us bragging smirking. about him. Smirking. We don't need his head getting all big. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's the only thing that's given me pause with with getting on board with this idea of Joe Biden not being on the ballot in November is who's it going to be? I also. I read this article today about a historian that looks at the first ladies and how much influence and motive Mm -hmm. and say they have. Mm -hmm. And the more I read this article, the more I believe that it's more about convincing Dr. Jilly Bean Biden. Yeah. It's more about convincing her that Joe shouldn't run and less about convincing Joe. And this historian really laid out, you know, Michelle Obama, you brought this up two weeks ago. She was such a figurehead behind the scenes for Barack in raising awareness for his campaign and then also helping him throughout his presidency that I think that when you look at Dr. Jill Biden, you see that this woman, like you kind of outlined yesterday, this woman is the teeth. She is the claws. She is the brain or lack thereof, huh. of what's going on in this administration. And so convincing her is where the eye, the eyes should be. Like, Michelle Obama could convince yeah. her. Yeah. But you think Gavin well, I don't know about that. I think Michelle Obama could outvote her. That's true. I but don't there think, would be... 
I don't think there would be any agreement there, though. Uh, yeah, maybe so. Mm-hmm. But at yeah. least that there's some kind of relationship between those people. Yeah. There, so there could be but a I don't. I don't even think that Jill Biden would back down to even Michelle and Barack Obama. Interesting. I think that she would. I think she would lose. Yeah. It, that but she because would stand the Obamas own. have the have the power in the party, but I don't think that she would. I don't think that she would be convinced. I don't know. I I think Biden. I mean, he's always been power hungry, and he loves oh, being yeah. the president. I mean, oh, he yeah. loves it. But I also think he would be like, I love it, and I love like everything, all the things that I get. But I'd also be cool beans going to Delaware and oh, chilling on the I beach. Don't. I don't. Whereas I think Dr. Jill Biden is the person that's like, yeah, we just made it. I think they're both Let's like go. that. I think Joe's just as bad as Jill. That's my, it's my personal. Yeah. I think he's, I think that he's just as stubborn and I mean, ego. I yes. Ego, yeah. Absolutely. I don't think he's, I don't think he wants to step down at all or admit any type of uh, hindrance or any yeah. issues that he's having whatsoever i mean more and more stories are coming out you're you're spot on about jill biden there's that book coming out about first ladies that has apparently a whole section in it about jill biden and specifically how mean she is and how fierce she is when it comes to anybody questioning the president or Mm -hmm. trying to you know hide him or you know manage him or whatever and uh, we might i might get to this a little bit later on there are there are multiple. The New York Times staff has been coming after Joe Biden recently. Mm-hmm. And there's been multiple stories specifically from the New York Times about Jill Biden and how people are afraid of her and they don't want to, you know, cross her and they're and ice cream. And and ice cream. Don't you forget I love vanilla ice cream. Don't you forget your ice cream. That's what level we're at. All right. So uh, we'll get into uh, that. Also, as I mentioned, I want to get back to Biden's honorary title of Benjamin Franklin Presidential yeah. Practice Professor at the University of Pennsylvania. It's... Uh, it sounds like a tongue twister, but it's actually one of the controversies that doesn't get talked about enough. I'm glad Joe Rogan brought that up. So we'll dig into that some more. And on the other side of the aisle, Nikki Haley doubled down again. It's not even it's it's quadrupling down at this point uh, that she is not going to step out before this weekend's South Carolina primary or after the South Carolina primary. Despite the polls, and now Speaker Mike Johnson even had a meeting with Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago yesterday. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> the Speaker of the House, wow. like making plans with who okay. they think is going to yeah. be the next president, but Nikki Haley still standing strong. So we will get you the latest from uh, both sides of the aisle and much more when we talk to Crane Durham next on Colombo and Katie. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Welcome back to Columbo and Katie on one News Talk STL. Joining us now on the line, as he does every Tuesday afternoon at this time, a person who is almost as beautiful as the weather outside right now. <laughs> my friend, my brother. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. Crane Durham. And as we hug, we lean back, 
step back from the hug yeah. and we have a fist bump and look in each other's eyes like Wonder Twins, baby. Yeah. And <laughs> are coming to address oh. the issues. How are you? Uh, we sure are. I am well, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for uh, uh, being here. Let's uh, let's since we were just talking about this, we were just talking about Joe Rogan on his podcast this week, making the prediction, adding to the list of people that don't think that Joe Biden will be the Democrat on the ballot in November. Joe Rogan said on his podcast this week that he thinks that the Democratic Party is the grooming Gavin Newsom uh, to take that position. That they're planting the seeds with voters right now to make that transition and so let's just start with where you're at this week on the percentage chance that donald trump will be the nominee for the republicans in november and joe biden will be the nominee for the democrats eight percent for biden okay i think and because we are all watching for a mistake every time he speaks not just you me katie and the rest of our news junkies Mm -hmm. but are looking at it going let's play a drinking game and <laughs> boom you're gonna go and have you a were shot at eight, every time you were at eight to ten percent last week so you're it's you're you're, you're okay you're, I'll, I'll go to seven okay percent drop it okay i, I got it one down yeah you got uh, it and i will do 96 percent for trump all right you were at 90 to 95 percent last week so they've they've each nice. gone uh, a little bit they've each gained a bit in their respective uh, inclines and I, or declines. <laughs> and I have my reasons. I, I think, one, and I'm not encouraging, you could be drinking soda, okay? That's what I do right. with the drinking game I'm speaking mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. But the point is, everybody is on him to look for the mistake, anything. And when we were watching the press conference the other day, Catherine and I were watching this press conference and, and where he stood as he got to the side, he didn't really know where to stand. Mm-hmm. And he, he, we're sitting there going, he, he doesn't know where to stand. Mm-mm. Gosh. Mm-mm. <laughs> and he's got to look in, you know, where is it? And Jill is know, so fast now. Oh, my gosh. Like, so they quick. have got this down. They, like, they've created a system. We were talking with Virginia Cruda from the Daily Wire yesterday. She has a, a new story out, a new article out this week at the Daily Wire about Biden's uh, – uh, about the steps of Air Force One, how there's another layer has been put in. So we all know he switched from the adult steps to the kid steps about six months ago. And they started making him wear uh, tennis shoes when he gets on the plane instead of dress shoes. Um, and now they have, um, it's either the it's either the Marines or, it's either the Marines that are always stationed there when he's getting on and off the plane or members of the secret service now like literally walk with him so he he's gonna have the cart go up the stairs yeah he's getting that he's gonna get the chair the the, the stair chair the stair chair you guys need a hat in that (laughs) it's yeah i mean it's it's yeah that's happening but uh, so let me ask you this let me ask you this i i get it you know i don't have to be convinced of Joe Biden's weaknesses is he's probably he's he's the he's probably the worst president. He could be the worst president ever. He's definitely the worst president that I can remember. And mm-hmm. and so I, I you don't have to convince me that he's not the right person for the job. But I still believe in my heart of hearts that 
across the country with people that don't watch the news every day, aren't super engaged in politics, that Joe Biden still has more name recognition and popularity than any other Democrat. I still think, believe it or not, and this is an indictment of the Democratic Party more than anything, that he is, he Joe Biden still has a better chance at winning a national election than Gavin Newsom or Kamala Harris or Pete Buttigieg or Beto O'Rourke or J.B. Pritzker or, you know, all the different Democrats that we've heard. Maybe not Michelle Obama, if that's real. Maybe that's a different conversation. But what do you think? Do you Am I wrong? Do you think that Gavin Newsom has has raised his profile enough that he is a stronger national candidate right now than Joe Biden? That's a great question. I think Gavin Newsom does have the name recognition and he has the, quote, look on the issue. And he's a spin machine, which is only to say that he lies very, very well. And when we look at Biden, we recognize we've got now kind of like a legal ruling on it when it comes to his DOJ. So people have, uh, I think they've confidence that in the sense that they said, okay, wait a second. It's not just Republicans. It's the attorney general is saying he's not up to the task. And as he goes, people are concerned that he's not going to be able to function if there is a crisis much less if there's not a crisis. Mm -hmm. And that means that you've got Kamala in charge. That's a huge problem. The reason it it really bites always for the Democrats is the vice president is feared because she's so incompetent. Mm. She can't have a normal speech. (laughs) It's it's weird. Mm -hmm. It's and and there's no confidence with her. With Gavin Newsom, you have some confidence in the sense that he has run California into the ground. And so they know that some of them like those policies, but he's shown himself to be in the media spotlight. My title for the book years ago, and I'm still actually working on this, was the uh, presidential, uh, what is it, the uh, the star, the... um, It's your book. Golly. American Idol president, the American oh, okay, Idol yeah, president. yeah, That's good. It was going to be Barack Obama, and then it was going to be Donald Trump, and now it's going to be Gavin Newsom when it comes up, it seems, because that's the nominee. You've got to be able to dance and it's it, it in front of people, and it's, it's responding to certain things. No longer is it a policy-driven debate or discussion, okay? So is that a yes, Crane? Do you think it, he has raised his profile enough to be a better national candidate than Joe Biden? Yes. And that's why I think he's running, quote, the shadow campaign. Yeah. And I think his policies are awful. And I think if the mainstream media did its job, a Democrat couldn't get elected in this country because they they have run on growing our problems. Defund the police, asinine. Mm. So asinine that they tried to deny they did it. (laughs) Great. I mean, that's bizarre. 
I do want to talk uh, about some of these policies yeah, with you. And Biden was just asked a short moment ago when he was leaving the White House for California, his thoughts on what's going on with Russia. He says, he told reporters, I told you we'd be announcing sanctions on Russia. We'll have a major package announcement on Friday. I'll be happy to sit down with all of you when we're doing that. Is that okay? First of all, yeah, right. He's not sitting down with a reporter. <laughs> but second of all, second off, what is your thoughts on this policy about sanctioning Russia? coming from Biden and his White House? I think that we need to do everything we possibly can. I'm for sanctioning them. I'm not surprised that Nalvani is dead. And I think Vladimir Putin is a very dangerous man. And I'm troubled deeply with any idea that some people in America are actually admiring this thug and this war criminal. So it worries me greatly before we before we switch uh before we i want to i want to switch to the other side i want to talk a little bit about trump and and nikki haley and uh, speaker mike johnson uh, also but i wanted to touch on this because i as i mentioned a moment ago i'm glad that joe rogan brought this up on his podcast and it got it back in the news because for all of biden's controversies and trouble and you know problems with his presidency This one doesn't get talked about enough, and that is Biden's honorary title of Benjamin Franklin Presidential Practice Professor at the University of Pennsylvania, which we know that he has in the past Mm -hmm. talked about like being a real professor, which is just false. Going to college campus. Never happened. mm -hmm. He's not. This is an honorary position, but he's been paid at least because we don't know if we have all of the information but he's been paid at least $900,000 by the University of Pennsylvania for this meaningless honorary position. And all he's done there is speak 10 to 12 times. He's not yeah. done anything else, despite, like I said, he has like it, he has been doing press conferences and mentioned being a professor, but he's not in any way he's never taught any kids he's never done anything he's never held class he's never done any type of work he's just made a dozen uh, yeah about a dozen appearances there to speak and he's been paid uh, almost a million dollars at least and i just think crane not only is that so ridiculous but Mm -hmm. one of his biggest one of Joe Biden's biggest platforms is the whole student debt thing. I mean, I just feel like this is red meat. You want to address mm-hmm. student debt? How about eliminate million-dollar honorary professors in schools across the country and make those institutions keep the money and lower tuition that way? I mean, it just this just it just screams to the corruption and the back-handed backroom deals that this president has been doing for a really long time and I think people need to realize you know it's not just Hunter and Burisma it's not just his mental capabilities he's got a long list of these type of of problems in his history Yes, he does. And and we wonder even if the speeches were written by him, obviously, right. a plagiarist in the past. We recognize that. We recognize he's a nasty guy. He's, a, he's everything he accuses Trump of being. That's true. And, and that's another side to it. The other part to that is 
he is not really qualified to be president. He's been wrong on every foreign policy decision. And that was his own former secretary of defense when it came to Gates writing in the book and President Obama. And so you got to ask yourself, how did this guy get in? And I think that exposes how badly the mainstream media has corrupted the country and our debate. And how about constitutionally, when you were flipping out, rightfully so, Tony, about his unconstitutional move to take care of student debt? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes the mainstream media is enamored with the Constitution, and sometimes it just says, oh, it doesn't matter. It just depends on if it fits their narrative or not. It's all. Exactly. If it fits their narrative, they're all for the Constitution. If it doesn't, then it's uh, not that important. No, it. it yeah. you're, you're you're absolutely right. And yeah, I just think that this is what a perfect jumping off point for any Republican making the you know uh, arguing against the student debt relief. Like not, nobody's saying. I at least I haven't heard anybody at, at uh, uh, any high level say that there's not a problem. There is a problem. Kids should not be hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt when just for going to to school and getting their degree. But you don't fix the problem by just paying off their debts. You fix the problem by addressing these colleges that continue to raise tuition prices, even as college degrees get less and less yeah. impactful. They still are, you know, they, they're raising their prices. These, these campuses have, you know, are just gorgeous. You know, they have these beautiful buildings with all these. It's funny that you bring that up. Worthless, not worthless, but unnecessary, just over the top facilities. Like, yeah. How about you don't have all of that? You have a nice school. And you lower tuition price. Yes, yes. So when somebody tries to get a a degree in lesbian uh, Hmm. uh, basket weaving or Or Taylor Swift, straight white male uh, basket weaving, I don't know. And I frankly don't care. Both are absolutely ridiculous and worthless. I just saw, uh, it's funny that you guys bring this up. I just saw something on Twitter. Someone took a video of. Um, one of the Kirkwood schools, high schools, and they just invested a lot of money, I guess, into the AstroTurf that's going on in one of their fields. This is something I saw on Twitter, people. This is not my opinion. But they said, it's interesting that we just spent a million dollars on this AstroTurf to make the field look beautiful. Meanwhile, I see a bunch of kids trying to raise money for band equipment so far that they're trying, they're selling mattresses like literally salesmen selling mattresses to try to raise money for band equipment and band uniforms. So it's just one of those things like investing a lot of money into something that maybe didn't need to be invested into, just like college tuition. Administration, that's where all the money goes. The administration bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. That's what needs targeted. And that's why new schools are forming and doing it better and doing it more efficiently while serving their customers because you introduce competition. Yes. What happens? Yeah. Capitalism works. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're exactly, you're exactly right. And yeah. How about we address the student loan issue from that angle Mm -hmm. rather than just writing a blank check that nobody can afford right now. All right, that is Crane Durham from NothingButTruth.com. He is going to stick around. Speaking of the Constitution, there was an interesting 
uh, decision by the Supreme Court today, actually a, a non-decision, passing on a case that has to do with high with high school admissions. Uh, Samuel Alito and Clarence Thomas had a fiery dissent against the majority of the court that did not take up this case. I think it's super interesting, so I'm going to get into that as we go through the afternoon here. And like I said, I want to switch sides of the aisle. Uh, Nikki Haley tripling down that she is staying in this race through South Carolina and beyond, uh, despite continuing to be way behind in the polls in every state that I've ever seen. And the fact that now... Even the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, is having meetings with Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> so uh, has everybody moved on except Nikki Haley? We want to talk about that uh, and more next as we continue with Crane Durham on Colombo and Katie. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. in the skies Welcome back to Columbo and Katie on 101.9941 News Talk STL. I'm Tony Colombo. That's Katie Fitzpatrick here in studio. And, of course, on the line with us is Crane Durham from NothingButTruth.com. And, uh, Crane, it, I was talking with uh, Rob Carter, who was in studio with us yesterday. It felt like, you know, you wait two years because now the election season starts literally two years before a presidential election, especially when Donald Trump is involved. So it's like you had, yeah. it, you know, it just felt like forever that we were, mm. you know, talking about the upcoming election. And then suddenly the Iowa caucus is here. People are voting. And then days later is New Hampshire. People are voting. And then it feels like now that's all. Now that has been another forever ago. Mm-hmm. And we've had all this wait. But finally, South Carolina. Uh, that primary is coming up this weekend on Saturday. All the polls there continue to show Donald Trump with a huge lead. I, I had the real clear po- politics average yesterday. I think it was Donald Trump was at like 64% yeah. and Nikki Haley was at like 32 mm-hmm. or something very close to that. Um, and it's been that for a while now. However, just today, uh, again, uh, Nikki Haley uh, at a rally uh, vowed to stay in the race. She said she predicted losing, and she said she's willing to take the cuts, quote, willing to take the cuts and the bruises to stay in this. She said, quote, I promise you this. I'm in this fight. I'll take the bruises. I will take the cuts. This is going to be messy, and I'll take the hurt because I believe nothing good comes easy. Sometimes we have to feel pain to appreciate the blessing. So she says she's staying in it. I Do you believe that? Do you believe that Nikki Haley is is going to stay in this uh, even after South Carolina and maybe even after Super Tuesday? And if so, does it even does does anything even matter about this anymore at this point? I, I think that she will be staying with it in the race after South Carolina. Uh, um, here's the thing: she's going to stay in as long as she has the money to stay in. And she's going to continue to make the, what she would describe as the alternative to Trump. But I hope, and I think strategically, if she didn't use the left attacks on Trump, but actually did it from a policy point of view, 
and then just measuring the terribly unfair judicial treatment of Trump and how he will be certainly bogged down with these trials and cases and has and continues to be and make the point that this is an unfair justice system, a two-tier justice system that cannot hold and making clear that she is against what is happening to him, I think it might be a good thing for the party. But if she goes down the road and just advances Democratic arguments against him, it's not good for the party. Her decision, she can do what she wants. I can't. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, I was gonna. I was gonna ask. I, so I keep hearing from the experts that you know that the reason that she should drop out, and everybody was predicting that she would drop out before South Carolina because it's going to be super embarrassing to lose your home state. That you know that she's damaging her political future. That if she, you know, like if she gets if, if she continues to lose race after race by 30, 40 points, all of that loser is going to get on her do you do you believe that to be uh the uh, true is she damaging her future and maybe is this a sign that she doesn't have plans to uh, to be a political figure maybe she's going to do something else um you know join a news uh, organization or something like that in the future like do you do you feel like she's digging in her heels because maybe this is it for her and if not, how how much damage is she doing to her reputation if she does want to run for office in the future? <clears throat> I just don't think she's damaging it because it's Trump and Trump's the wild card. And even when you lose against Trump, you're still up against Trump. And people recognize that it's just a it's especially in 2024. It's his incumbency. I mean, he he arguably only got one half of one term. And he was remarkably successful during that time. And he is a non-traditional candidate who can do things that other candidates can't do. I think it's awful at times the way he opens up and makes these personal attacks and, and says things like, uh, blame me for the border bill not getting done. Wait till the election. That's just stupid. <laughs> but it's Trump. And he has proven that he got stuff done and yeah. he has proven that the American people, the vast majority of American people, he, I believe, say the urgency now more than ever, just like it was in 2016 with Hillary coming in potentially mm-hmm. now more than ever, they need Trump in there to take care of business. <laughs> Katie alluded to it earlier and it, it, you're, you guys are so right. Like it, it, This is Joe Biden is the perfect opponent for Donald Trump because uh, his awfulness covers up all of the Trump contra- all the the baggage that comes along with Donald Trump it's easy to just forget that or or just accept it Mm-hmm. to get away from <laughs> from Joe yeah. Biden. Uh, real quick, Craig, because we only have uh, a couple minutes left. Yep. We're just learning that the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, met with Donald Trump at, at his home in Mar-a-Lago yesterday. Uh, Speaker Johnson met with President Trump in Florida on Monday to discuss grow, uh, gr- growing the majority and securing Republican victories up and down the ballot in November. Is it appropriate in your mind that the Speaker of the House be meeting with a a candidate like this when the race is not officially over? And also, does that send the signal 
to you that the party has made up its mind whether the election is officially over or not? Well, I I would say it's appropriated up to the fact that the people accept it. If people were really outraged by it, it doesn't seem that way because in her home state, she's down 32 points. So that doesn't seem like people are going to be too outraged by meeting with the potential nominee or the would-be nominee, Donald J. Trump. Now, I hope they come out of that saying, hey, look, here are some concrete ideas on policy that we're working with, and we need to get the aid to the Ukraine because we are dealing with a vicious psychopathic war criminal, and we all can come up, we can all come together against that. I think we're making some major, major mistakes by not getting on the right side of the issue when it comes to good and evil. That is Crane Durham from nothingbuttruth.com. I can promise you this. If you're looking for somebody on the right side of good and evil, Crane Durham is, you, you don't need to look any further. That's the guy. Then right there. Crane, we always talk. Yeah, we always we always remind folks about nothingbuttruth.com and the Nothing But Truth Facebook page. But uh, 30 seconds uh, uh, or less, remind folks uh, about exactly what you do there and how they can keep up with you outside of Tuesdays with us. Well, you can catch my uh, latest commentary. It will be posted a link up there, and there will be daily commentary now. Uh, It's gotten to the point where I'm just basically hitting the record button and sounding off on today's issues and uh, going going there so that we can uh, address each one of these because there's so many, and Mm. we need to get on top of them. I love it. I love it. Great stuff. Nothingbuttruth.com. Nothing But Truth on Facebook. And, of course, every Tuesday afternoon here with us on Columbo and Katie. Crane Durham, I love you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, I love you back. You take care. Thanks, Crane. Great stuff, as always, there from Crane Durham. Remember Andrew Yang? Yeah, I do. Even he's weighing in on Mm. Joe Biden Mm. right now. I'm telling you. What's he got to say? I'm telling you, it's a full-blown pile-on. Uh, I'll tell you what he has to say. And he didn't really like him when they were running against each other. I, I don't remember much about Andrew Yang, so I couldn't tell you if he did or didn't get along <laughs> with Joe Biden. But I'll tell you what he said. I'll also tell you about that Supreme Court decision and much more next. Next.